The confusion for us was every time we ran trainings, people would say to us, this is the best thing we have ever experienced in our lives. We were that good, but we just felt the world needs to hear us, but we're not getting jobs with the world. My father told me life is not a bit This is Origins Africa podcast, where we explore the origin stories of people who have made and are making their dreams come true, asking the what, the when, the how, and the why. I'm Oshaye, and on this episode, the concluding part of our chat with Bankoli Williams, we explore Bankoli leaving Guarantee Trust Bank to start his consulting career at Visible Impact, moving on from there to start education with Steve Harris, and then moving on to birth LYD Consulting. We also talk about his lessons, challenges, habits, and practices. Bankole is the founder and principal consultant at LYD Consulting, as well as the founder of a youth entrepreneurship scheme called Live Your Dreams Africa. He's often regarded as the mind surgeon. Over the last episode, we talked about the early childhood fascinations which set Bankoli on the path he's on today. I've always been fascinated by human behavior, right? And I noticed that from when I was really young. I asked the questions that every other person wouldn't want to ask, you know, why do human beings act the way they do? Why, why will Mr. A act like this and Mr. B faced with the same, you know, circumstance or situation, act totally differently. It's very, I found it very, very fascinating, right? And I, I was also fascinated by pain. When I mean fascinated, not like I enjoyed pain, but I, I, I was intrigued by how it influenced, you know, people's reactions and how it ultimately determined the kinds of ways they manifested in life. Um, and I, I, I was fascinated by the opportunity to, to take away pain, mm-hmm. right? And I, I wanted to see how I could be a part of the solution to the pain that people are experiencing in the world. The light bulb moment he had meeting Fela Durotoy. My third year in university, a gentleman by the name Fela Durotoy came to speak to us in school. And I, I'll never forget that experience because... I was so fascinated by everything he said. I was not just fascinated by what he said, I was fascinated by him and whatever it was that he did and represented because, you know, I felt like, you know, remember the story of Elizabeth and Mary? I felt like my baby leapt <laughs> in the presence <laughs> of him. Leaving the rap group that evolved into rooftop MCs that we know today. At a point we had, you know, some of us had to leave. so. And I think that that's life for you, you know. You get to a point where you need to be able to evaluate whether something can exist in your future. Starting a career in human resources at Guarantee Trust Bank, as well as the experiences that led him to laying himself off after four years in the worst economic recession the banking sectors experienced. Now, prior to August, I had begun to sense it. I wasn't clear. A few things had happened. Uh, for the first time in my career, I had not been promoted. Um, and my boss had told me, um, she had told me that the only reason she didn't promote me is she just needs me to know that it's not every year you get it, right? <laughs> and I walked, I approached her like four times, same thing. I just want you to know it's not every year you get it, you know? And I recall that one time I'd left her office thinking, I, I can imagine how it must feel to be in her shoes, to be this powerful, you know, to be the head of HR. And the minute I... I thought that thought, I rejected it almost immediately. And I was wondering, why, why am I resisting a, a path, the, a destination that I am on? Mm. If I continued on my path, I was sometime going to become the head of HR somewhere. But all of a sudden, that position seemed so unattractive to me. And then I thought to myself... Why are you on the path 
for which you do not desire the end, right? And I realized that I had been climbing a ladder that possibly had been placed on the wrong wall, mm. you know, because I was not, you know, you're climbing a ladder, you want to get to top. I, I, but you I had knew you weren't interested in becoming yeah. the head of HR. Yeah. So I guess it was, it was a, it was a moment of, of introspection for me, like, Okay, so how long are you going to continue this way? So I started, you know, really just really processing and thinking and saying to myself, you know, if you can't, because I was doing very well and I knew, I knew that if I continued, I was one of the guys who people looked at and they just thought this guy has a future in this organization. If I knew that, I knew that I would, I'll keep getting promoted, I'll keep rising and it will be a lot harder you know, by the time you start introducing some nice pecs to the job, it will be a lot harder to leave. And I didn't want to be in that position. So I just felt, you know, you're young, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You come back to beg for your job. You know, I, I just thought this is the time to make some kinds of seemingly drastic decisions. I left at the time when it didn't make sense to people to leave. I left in the peak of the economic recession, right? I don't think there's been a time in the history of banking where banks laid off like they did at the time. A lot of banks were laying off. My bank was the only bank that wasn't laying people off. And yet I laid myself off, yeah. right? Um, so people thought I lost my mind. Like there are people praying for this job that you want, but... I, I just knew it was time. I knew. It's a difficult decision to make, but I, I, I made it. And today I look back and I'm, I, and I'm grateful. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Had you saved some funds? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, definitely. Like I said, I'd begun to sense it. Mm -hmm. So I, I made sure that I put some money aside, right, in preparation for this decision. Um, I could have put more money aside, to be honest. But... So this, was, this, this is what I say when it comes to making decisions like this or transitions. I think that it's something you prepare for. The only clause I would add is if you strongly sense that God has given you an express instruction, which, was a, which is why my case is a bit of an exception. I knew that it was the right thing to do and it was a clear instruction that I'd gotten, right? Some other people live and they live on a whim. And I don't think that that's, that's foolishness. That's not wise. Right. Um, and even at that, and as much as I'd gotten an instruction, I still ensure that I, I had a financial cushion. Right. I even started a business on the side to ensure that I could, you know, cater to my needs and all. Um, because I was leaving to earn less than half of what I was earning as a banker. So that was a it was it was a massive hit, so to speak, on my finances, but I knew I needed to learn. Um, I knew that I was learning from an amazing person who who was an indication of my future. Did you immediately right. have a job offer? Um, yeah, kind of. So I, before I left, I had already started having conversations with Fela okay. you know, and Steve at the time. Right? So you returned from the conference or meeting in August and started engaging Fela and Steve on Yeah, maybe over. not immediately, but you know, I wanted to just came to be certain. Okay. Well, I, the interactions already started before. Yeah, you mentioned even this though step. we, I hadn't expressed to them that I wanted to work with them. Okay. Now, what was happening was Steve, for instance, would be running trainings for different organizations, and I would go sit in his class. Oh. I was still had a nine to five, but weekends he'll be running a training for another bank, and I would go sit in his class. And take notes like my life was dependent on it. And I, I, it was because I knew I was going to do this. Night. I just wasn't sure when. Right. So everywhere I knew Fela spoke at, I was there. As in, and funny thing was, I wasn't so big on, on always being visible to him. I just needed to be any material he had. I, I had bought it. I'd listened to it. I was so big on listening to him. I remember one time... On a Saturday, I went to see a friend of mine somewhere in Bagada, right? And she was in a salon and two ladies were talking and they were talking about how, oh, Fela is coming to their church. You know, I was eavesdropping on their conversation. Mm 
right? And they said, I thought they said, um, guiding light assembly. Okay. So there and then I had concluded that was the church I was going to the following day. I wasn't going to go to my church, right? Take note, I, I didn't ask them anything. I just heard them saying, Fela is coming to our church. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was guiding light assembly. So the following Sunday, I dressed up early, went to guiding light assembly. They were having Sunday school. You know, it didn't look like anything was happening, you know? So I was sitting there and then I asked the person beside me, like, hold on. How much time does the service start? <laughs> Did you not see fella is coming? The person is like, who is fella? See, like, like last Sunday, didn't they announce? She said, no, that is a normal. <sighs> so there's a problem. I went out, called my friend. Okay. Thankfully, she picked, right? I said to her, um, you know, I know this is weird, but that salon, <laughs> there were two ladies who were there. <laughs> She had to call the owner of the shop. The Are you store, serious? Yeah. To call one of the two ladies who now said it was Grace Assembly in Ikeja. Guiding Light Assembly is in Parkview in Ikoi. So she got back to me to say it was Grace Assembly. You see the way I was flying on Third Mainland Bridge just to get to Grace Assembly so that I could be seated somewhere in the back to just take notes. Yeah. Right. That's how convinced I was of this. I just wasn't sure. It wasn't an easy decision to make, you know, one. I wasn't sure when, but, you know, all of these pieces were were fitting gradually up until I got the clear instruction and I knew that it was time. It was time to leave. Before we move on to what happened after Bankole left the Guaranteed Trust Bank, let's explore what growing up was like for him. Uh, Growing up was very... Very interesting. Like I said, I was a quiet kid. I grew up in a home where my, my dad, I had a, a dad that was tough, right? Um, and at the time, I didn't really like him. Because okay. I felt he was he was just tough, you know? Um, um, but I, 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 I love, today, obviously, I love him. <laughs> you know, I love my, my parents, you know, my siblings. You know, growing up with my siblings was also very interesting, you know, and with my mom. Um, I have an elder brother who's who was and still is a mentor to me. So even when he was doing bad things, <laughs> you know, he was providing mentorship in that regard. <laughs> right. Uh, but an amazing, amazing, amazing brother, an amazing sister who's, who's very kind. We're just three, three kids, right? And my parents, I've, seen, I've watched my parents evolve over time. So, so there's, there's more love right yeah. now in the home. Are we taking the picture? Because when you say there's more love now, Chris asked then what it was like. It was tough. It was tough. My, my father was, 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 a, was a hard man, man. Mm. Right? He was a disciplinarian and he was proud to be one. And like I said, for someone who is a quiet kid, Right, you tend to that that causes the person to recoil into their shell, right? So I was not as as so. It's amazing that there is the Bankole Williams as a speaker today. I was quiet, right? But guess what? I I do believe that there was a potential to have even started finding expressions for this a lot earlier, but all of that was contained, you know, by by the experiences that I had. You know, growing up in with with my dad being that way. Did it affect your esteem? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did. Okay, I was not as confident as I am today, right? I was a shy, I was a shy child, you know. So there were things that I'd want to do, but I wouldn't do them. That's because I lacked the confidence to, uh-huh. you know, to do those things, you know. But thankfully, over the years, I've been able to. Then picturing the guy who had Chichi Bank training in school had nodded and stared intently at the person. Yeah. The yeah. Evolution. So, so that, which is why, you know, in fairness to my parents, to be very honest, they, they are, there are loads of benefits tied to how I was raised in the sense that I am, I was cultured right. Okay. You know, I had, I had and still have the right morals they're just certain things that I don't think are proper. You know, that's how I was raised, right? But I also think that there's effective balance between t- 
teaching morals, you know, ensuring that you have your, your kids are disciplined, but it's the how that matters, right? It's, it's not just disciplining them, it's how you go about it, right? And how you do what you do is more important than what you do. So there was that. But what also really helped me was, um, I guess, my, that my associations, right? Um, um, you know, for instance, when I was in the University of Lagos, I told you about the fellowship I was in. That, that gave me room to express my talent. We were taught to be independent. We were taught, you know, the, the, there's a phrase we always used to make. We used to say, make it happen. Right. We were taught. I still remember a, a quote. We were we said these things so many times that I do not. It is not in my in my wiring to give excuses. Right. You make it happen. You don't give excuses. You get results. You know, we then would say excuses are tools of the tools of the incompetent. They are monuments of nothing. They that use them are not wise, <laughs> right? And rarely make it in life, right? I learned that from, from being in that fellowship, mm-hmm. right? So, so you had to, you had to make it, you had to get results and you can't get results if you're not confident to put yourself out there, right? So, so all those things, you know, helped in my development. And I also think that, you know, God is just a master chess player. Everything, everything adds up. If I had not had that kind of upbringing, I would not be able to provide the solutions that I'm providing for people today. Uh I would not be able to empathize with their situations and circumstances. I don't think I'd even be as intrigued about human behavior and being passionate about, you know, resolving pain and issues that people have. And it's because I had some of those experiences and I needed a way out and I wasn't finding answers. Right. And I kept asking questions and it's those questions that have led to the discoveries that I have found today that have created solutions that I'm implementing for either individuals, organizations that are producing really, really astounding results today. So after leaving the bank, Bankole joined Fela at his company, Visible Impact. But was it all Bankole had expected it to be? Uh, so I, I worked, I worked with Fela Durote, one of the amazing, most amazing experiences of my life. Um, and I, I learned, I, you know, I picked up a whole lot at the time. Steve was heading consulting, you know, I was, I was learning about the consulting practice and all of that. Um, and at a point, you know, the vision of the organization was changing. You know, Fela is an amazing individual who is so passionate about this nation and has been that way for God knows how many years. And he kept saying to us, talking about his frustrations with the nation, how we need to begin to build leaders who will build Nigeria, right? He began to lose his, so to speak, interest for consulting or his interest for consulting was being translated in his interest for for developing people to build this nation. So... Um, the the vision was changing. We were changing from being a management consulting practice to being a foundation. I wanted to do consulting, so so it was it was difficult, right? So it was about the same time Steve and I, you know, we left because we really wanted to do this whole consulting thing, right? Just one question, sorry. So you left Banken, you joined Visible Impact. Um, I mean, it was what you had wanted to do for a long yeah. time whilst yeah. you were there. Was did you have doubts at any point in time as to whether it was all validating affirming experiences you had? It was definitely something that was validating for me. Okay, it was. There were times, you know, the doubts for me were more with respect to my needs. You know, you know, you know, when you've been you live a certain quality of life and standard of living and everything, and then now you're having to earn less than half of what you used to earn. Right. And we, at the time, I, so I joined the organization also at a time when, like I said, it was the peak of the recession. So banks were laying people off. Right. And one of the things that banks started doing was that they stopped training. They were trying to manage their costs. So we were a management consulting practice offering training services. So it was also a difficult time for the organization because Majority of, we did a lot. Our primary focus was banks. And that line on their budget, that expense line was, 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 was being taken off. 
So it was it was also a tough period, you know, for the business and and that's very understandable, you know, but your your bills don't understand, you know, what you're going through. So those were those are the kinds of things that were flying in my head. But as to whether I made the right decision or not, I had absolutely no doubt. Okay. It was definitely the right decision to make. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Then yeah. and Steve left. Yeah. So we left, you know, and we both were passionate about consulting and we decided, you know, let's let's see how we can still keep doing this thing and, you know, pushing the whole consulting thing. Right. And, you know, that's how we started, right, our business at the time. And curiously, how were you? I mean, Steve was already doing it. Yeah. yeah. And you were just living in HR, just starting and consulting. Wasn't, maybe it's just me, I don't know. Was there like, um, I I thought maybe he would be your senior of some sorts, maybe a mentor or I don't know, you defer to him and that sort of thing. But then you guys left and became co-founders like PS. How how were so, you able to breach that gap? So so remember that I had worked in in the bank for yes. a period of time, right? So I had some kind of experience based off you know my interactions you know in the training arm, right? Uh, so there was that you know, and truth is really and truly, I learned a whole lot you know from even being with him. Okay. But beyond that was Steve and I were very, very good friends. We became, we had such a, a an amazing relationship okay. that we had built, right? So interestingly, he had started it, right? And it just felt like, hey, we're both, we're both chasing the same clients anyways. Let's uh-huh, see how okay. we can, you know, you know, we can make this thing work, you know, together. Um, and, and it was a, it was a very beautiful experience because, for us, we're just young, hungry people, right? Who really wanted to show the value that we had to give at the time, right? I had been honing my own skills over time, you know, taking us, like I said, I'd always known I wanted to become a consultant. So even on the side, I had been prepping for this day, you know, developing content, building slides, doing research and all of that. Right. And this was just a great opportunity for manifestation, for expression. Right. Um, and it was it was tough, you know, knocking on different doors, you know, trying to sell all the way from the ground up, you know. But but it was definitely something that we did with passion and flair and everything that we had. And, and we became pretty successful at it. Or were there a number of no's you got? Oh, definitely. Doors shut in your face. Many, many. There were times he and I would sit and we'll just, well, the, the confusion for us was every time we ran trainings, people would say to us, this is the best thing we have ever experienced in our lives. We were that good, but we just felt the world needs to hear us, but we're not getting jobs with the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were young, so I guess generally in the consulting space, most of the people that were there were much older, people who maybe were executive directors in a bank and then they resigned to to start. So I, I take, for instance, one of the, the leverage that, I, one leverage I also had was relationship. Relationships had built as a banker, okay. right? To be able to also try to open certain doors. So I had tried to do business with the organization I worked with at the time, I guess the challenge was I was young. You know, it's just difficult to process that this young guy who used to work with us now wants to train us. Um, um, so there were refusals, you know, in that regard. Eventually, you know, the, the, the door opened. I remember that there was a time that I had gone back to appreciate one of the heads of HRs of a certain bank just to say thank you that we're said training. She didn't know we're said training them. And she just looked at me and just saw a young person and brought out some documents and was telling me about how, oh, now we're working with international organizations that if you really want to work with us, you know, go and partner with one of them. And while she was there, that was the last time I ever did any, the first and last time. So I did the first training, went to say thank you. And that was the last time I ever did anything with them. So you can imagine going to say thank you and then the meal is taken away from your table, Uh. 
right? And there were several, several of those, you know, would would see bids being put up for, you know, training consulting work, would work for weeks, putting documentation and all those things together, right? Submit the document. I remember one particular one, right? We had to go all the way somewhere in Apapa to submit our documents, you know, and then when we got there, I think the head of that particular parastita was there. And then he saw us, called us into his office. And he just couldn't understand the courage or the audacity that these young people had to, to think that they could pitch for this job. And he called us in and he was like, you know, who, who sent you? Mm. So... Well, it's confusing. Like, <laughs> we running the thing. We sent us. I said, no, you don't understand that, that, that you must be coming through someone who mm-hmm. is influential in government for you to think that you'll be getting this. And I'm like, no, we just saw an opportunity. We put all up. Guy sat us down. He said, see, let me help you understand. Eh? All that that you're seeing in these papers is just protocol. They've got someone in mind already. Do you understand? We already, he told us, we already know who we are giving this job to, right? And he kind of like just advised us that the next time you see stuff like this, don't, you know, it's, it's just formality that's in the papers. Mm. You have to have someone influential within the organization who is, so to speak, pushing your proposal and stuff like that, right? Um, so, so those were some of the experiences we had imagine putting in we 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 the research the resources putting in all of that you know we'll have meetings we'll do proposals do pitches amazing stuff have meetings with with decision makers they would love our stuff and they just wouldn't call us and you'd you know you just so there were those frustrations yeah right and i think that that is that is normal because now it's, it's interesting that when people think about, you know, notable people in, in the industry, in the country, not even just the country, in Africa, they mention our names, they mention my name, Steve, Jimmy, you know, these guys, right? But we have a backstory, right? We've, we've been there, done that, gotten refusals, you know, we've worked hard, for 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 the results that so to speak people are seeing us manifest today. So so all that all that is is I consider normal, right? It's all part of the process, right? People need to recognize that it's a process. It's a process and it's it's about the quality of the person you are becoming through the process. Now the, the I have grown to the point where you know, the certain kinds of jobs I just won't take. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very happy to turn down things now. You know, I'm highly sought after in, in, in the industry, right? Um, and I'm a lot wiser now. There, I, there are things I used to expend my energy on before that now I realize it's not the best use of my energy in my time. Things like what? Um... So I'll give you an example. And and I also think it's dependent on the stage of life you find yourself in. So we used to, we used to write, there's something we used to say then, a proposal a day, uh, you know, is what secures your salary at the end of the month. We used to write proposals like every single day. And those things were, they, they groomed us, right? And would send proposals to all the banks, you know, we would, diff- and we used to have strategy sessions where we would think about, you know, what are the problems that banks have now? Because we wanted to be relevant to the issues that they had, we would, 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 would strategize, you know, and develop great content and send to these people and we'll get no calls, right? And just used to make us wonder, you know, what, you know, what's, and we'll develop really amazing stuff. Now, what I have learned is it's not just you knocking on doors, it's you having relationships, right? Um, and I think that that is, that was, I, if I, that's something looking back that I wish that I, I knew a lot earlier and I was more deliberate about building relationships, 
right, in organizations and socializing and going to the the kinds of places where you would have the opportunity to be able to interact with the people that can that can put in a word or stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Um, and it's just it's just the way life is, right? A relationship just makes it easier. Um, so right now, you know, when I think about an organization, you know, I aside from trying to just you know develop great proposals for them, I'm asking, who do I know? Then? Who do I know? Who do I know? You know, um, and you must understand the society that you live in. If we were in America, America rewards people based on competence. As in you can succeed the, from the way the system is, is structured. Competence can make you shine, right? In this com- country, right, you can be so competent and yet you are winking in the dark, man. You know, you sometimes just need somebody to help you, somebody who has access to the light to turn it on for you. Or at least just point, put the spotlight on you, right? Um, and and that's, that's one ingredient that I see that is so important for, for progress in business, right? In, 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 in the continents that we're in. In just a moment, we'll talk about Bankole moving on from education and starting LYD Consulting, as well as habits and practices that have helped him become who he is today. Stay with us. I'm Oshaye, and you're listening to Origins Africa podcast. Hi, dear listener. If you love our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcast. You can also send us a tweet or comment on Instagram at OriginsAF. We love to read from you. Nope, not later. Yes, I read your mind. Do it now. Thanks a lot. Also click the subscribe button and share with a friend. Let's make a difference together, one origin story at a time. Catch our one-to-one newsletter where we share with you one lesson, two quotes, and one question from each episode published. You'll find it at originsafrica.substack.com originsafrica.substack.com If you like it, please click the like button, leave a comment, share with a friend, and subscribe. Also, you can now watch video snippets of some of our guest interviews. Simply go to Origins Africa Podcast on YouTube, Origins Africa Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like our videos, and share. Let's make a difference together, one origin story at a time. Hi guys, welcome back to Origins Africa Podcast. So Bankole is moving on from education to start LYD Consultant. Well, so what had happened was I felt, you know, we both had grown, right? Um, we were both building individual brands whilst we were also trying to build a company. And the truth is, we had to be real and honest with ourselves. It wasn't working, right? Um, and um, point being, uh, our, our visions were also, well, you know, division is when you have two visions, right? Um, look at what I do today. Look at what he does. Steve, Steve is very, very big, an amazing guy when it comes to empowering small and medium scale businesses, right? I was bigger on doing business with corporates as a consultant, mm. right? Um, aside from that, this whole fascination with the mind thing mm. had, had, had begun with me. So I knew that I was going to be, as an, indivi- as an individual personal brand, you know, this whole mind thing was such a big deal for me. And I was going to be building something really big in that regard. I also had a foundation, which I was running, right? Live Your Dreams Africa Foundation, right? And the truth is for a business, your time is, your time is your asset. Now, when, when your time is being spread in different directions, that's where your passion lies, you know, you're not giving the best to to the col- collect collective vision that you have, so we we had to be you know honest with ourselves, right? You know, and who called who? What do you say? Who called who? And let's have a fun conversation. <laughs> well, um, we had series. It wasn't a case of we had oh, series of okay. conversations up until the time when 
you know, it was very clear, you know. Um, I, I think I also saw that it was necessary for 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 the maintenance of the relationship that we had. Okay. Right. I, I felt it was necessary that I I left. Okay. Right. Um, um, it was not an easy decision to make, you know, obviously for both of us because we had done stuff together, but it was something that was necessary. Right. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, for both of us, it was looking at you know, the benefit of hindsight. It was a good thing that we decided to do because we're in as much as we do things individually, right. Or seemingly separately, we're very collaborative. We still, I'm very supportive of his vision. He's extremely supportive of mine. Right. Um, and either ways we're still succeeding and we're still there for ourselves. So, so it was important to, to prioritize the, the retention of the friendship, the relationship and all of that. Um, and thankfully, you know, we've been able to do that over the years. Okay. Habits or practices that helped in building a successful career? Um, I'd say, as a consultant, you know, one of the things I, I used to say was, or I still say is we had an insane work ethic, you know, and, and giving, giving the customer a great experience. And a great experience for me is doing beyond the expectations. So a mindset of surpassing the expectations of your customer, that, that, that is, it's like a fabric of our DNA. That's how I was trained. You, if you, if you hit the mark, as in the expectation of the customer, you have failed. You must surpass it. That's, that, that's the way I was, that's the way I was trained. If a customer says that was good, you have failed. If they say that was great, now you are, now you are, now you're talking. So the consciousness and it's, it's so down to the way we design the intervention. We design the intervention with that in mind, right? And it's my default wiring, even down to when I am researching for content. I'm looking for content that will give you goose pimples. If, if it's not going to create and elicits an extraordinary expression of praise, then, then you, you haven't begun, right? And I think that that is, that, that mindset, right, is like the engine room that's, that, that drives the results and the outcomes, you know, um, um, that, we, that we have excellence, you know, whatever your hands find to do, do it, do it, do it heartily as unto the Lord, you know, and being excellent, you know, going even down to the minutest of details. If you're sending a text, it has to be excellent. Sending a proposal has to be excellent, right? It has to be visually appealing. It has to appeal to as many of the five physical senses as possible, you know, um, and just, and, and this was something that I, I picked up you know, just by being with someone like Fela Dutoy, right? Um, just his 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 flair, you know, love for excellence was was palpable. It was it was so contagious, and you know, that's that's one of the things that um, I, one of the habits that I think is um, essential, you know, for you to be able to succeed in business. But speaking, how were you able to obscure yourself or? Maybe to add to that, what rituals do you have, for instance, before you go to speaking engagement or something? Yeah, I have. I have a number of rituals. I, I, I never take my audience for granted, and I see that happen a lot of times, where you feel you are so good that you can just show up and you'll have a great experience. So preparation is is a is a big deal for me regardless of where I'm speaking, regardless of the number of times I've spoken on that subject, I, you know, and it's also, also comes with my training. So we may have, for instance, a, 
maybe a, a course on business communications. We've we've done it several times, you know. And we're going to, going to another organization. And we're doing the same thing we've done, but there is still the the consciousness to to tweak, to adjust, to add, to improve, to make better. Right? You, it can't be the same way every single time. Right? I ha- I have a course called the Science of Astounding Results and. People who have attended the first one are keen to attend the second one because they know they'll hear something different. They know that it will be better. It's always progressive, right? So, so the 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 consciousness to prepare, you know, as though you are preparing to speak before the president, regardless of who the audience is, right? So, so I am I I I, I do quite a bit of preparation research. Um, my staff know. If I have a speaking engagement, for instance, tomorrow, the day before, you know, don't don't put any other activity there, right? I am I am preparing, and that's because the people are important to me, and you know, you're paying me to give you great value. I can't give you anything less, right? Um, I I I love to meditate. I spend time meditating, um, and I I generally what I do is I visualize the the impact that the conversation is going to have on people's lives. So I see how people will come to me to tell me how their lives were transformed as a result of what you just heard. And I, with my mind, imagination creates that experience. I, I create an experience where I am so deeply grateful for, for the opportunity or the privilege of sharing with those people. And I, I believe that what you have in this physical world is a reflection of what you create in your mind. So I spend time, I spend time doing that. I have a ritual affirmations that I, that I say, um, for me, there are certain promises that God has given me and I just affirm them right before I speak. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very conscious, very, very conscious of, of those promises. God told me, he said, Bankole, I have, I have put my words in your mouth. I've hidden you in the shadow of my hands that I will plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. And that's a promise that I affirm. And I say that the words are not my words, they are his words. Therefore, the impact that the words have when he speaks is the impact that I have when I speak. Right, because they are not my words, they are his words anyways. And I begin to visualize the kind of impact that God's words will have on people's lives. Um, and it's, uh, it's, 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 for me, a very, very powerful, powerful exercise. So key lessons through your journey. Any, I don't know if it's top five or top three or top two. I'll leave that to you. But what are key lessons you want to share? Second one would be... Um, I know you, you're definitely still evolving. So maybe what are you focused on at the moment and over the next few years, what should we be looking forward to seeing or hearing about Bankale? Um, finally, is there, if you were in my shoes, is there a question I haven't asked you yet that you would have asked yourself? In essence, is there anything that you haven't talked about that you think I should have asked and you'd like to share? Okay, key lessons for me would be, or maybe a key lesson, and it's a, for me, it's 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 also ties to what is priority to me right now. What what the one of the key messages that I have out there, and the, one of the things I've learned, and one of the most important lessons for me in the course of life is is discovering that life, contrary to what we have been made to believe is supposed to be lived from inside out and not from outside in right um and and i think that the world has just been preconditioned that way where something needs to happen on the outside to alter the state on the inside right um and that's how people live you know bad news flies around you feel bad within you know, I give you the keys of a brand new car. You feel great within, you know, where, where, where we have become reactionary beings, always being, 
always responding to external stimuli, situations and circumstances. And I don't think that that's the original design. The original design is that we can alter the states within and by doing so, alter the states on the outside. Not just the state, alter everything on the outside. You can, you can alter your experience, your life experience. We are all creators and understanding the power that you possess to create. I think a lot of people are not, they're mindless of it. They're not mindful of it. You know, the same capacity to create that God has, he has given man. Um, and I think that there's very little conversation around this. Uh, that is... That for me, I, I this this is something I wish I knew earlier. You know, I, I just feel cheated all my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's I've just been living that way with this knowledge, and I think that more people should spend m- more time alone, going in and understanding that there's a world, there's a world that that resides, there's a world where thoughts, emotions, you know. Your internal environment, right, is a world that determines what your external environment or external world will look like. Um, then, you know, as regards what the future holds for me, um, I'm definitely going to be one of, if not the biggest proponent on, on, on the mind and the message of the mind. Um, I know that this is a message that I have to take to the world. And that's what I've started doing with the science of astounding results. Um, whilst we've been doing it online now, I, what I really do see is me going to various physical locations across the globe to organize conferences, you know, seminars where people would learn how powerful they are just as human beings. People would realize how they've been deprived of, of, of this knowledge and this power that God has given them and how they can begin to utilize all that power energy to alter, you know, their circumstances and situations that they're experiencing in life. You know, I just want people to feel empowered, to recognize that they are not, um, they are not victims. They're the creators of their realities, right? And I, I think that with everything that's happening in the world, there's so much negativity so much bad news, so much bad things happening. 2020 was a major trigger, right? Some of these circumstances and situations may still happen, but where we've been made to believe that these things just happened, you know, we can't explain them. I believe we're the creators of our realities. And until we begin to shift the consciousness of humanity, um, those kinds of things will keep happening. And in order to change the game, we need to change the game within. So it's a, it's a, it's a huge assignment. And I see this message going to the altar, as in going across the globe to, to Australia, to America, to England, you know, to, to, to Asia, different parts of the world as physical events, also online events. Right. Um, that, that definitely is something that I see um, from my consulting practice. Uh, right. Uh, we, we definitely are going global. Right. Um, being able to consult, not just for, you know, local, when I mean local, I mean organizations within the country, but also organizations across the globe. Right. Having branches all, all across um, the world that will be providing, you know, consulting interventions for corporate institutions. Right. And with my foundation, right, um, our goal is to 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 solve problems of unemployment and underemployment. So so being able to create pathways for people to be able to create jobs, you know, um, I'm big on Africa. So so what we're doing currently in Nigeria to be able to spread it beyond, you know, Nigeria to other parts of Africa, right, to the north, northern parts of Africa, East Africa. Right. Whilst we're doing some stuff in West Africa, but can we also extend it to South Africa, you know, across the globe um, and having volunteers, uh, networks all across, you know, Africa that 
that you know are being impacted through the vision to to solve this you know youth unemployment issue um i think that that is what the future holds interested yeah interested uh, any well, you've probably touched on it. Any question I haven't asked you yet that um, um, you don't no, like to be I, asked? I think, I think you've asked. Okay. <laughs> Who would you like me to interview next? Um, I usually, anytime I'm asked this question, Steve Harris, <laughs> Jimmy Tewe. Okay. Um, praise for Twinji Babajide. That's Bankole Williams, the mind surgeon, founder and principal consultant at LYD Consultant and founder of Live Your Dreams Africa. Thank you for listening to our show this week. If you liked it, do leave us a review, a comment, and share with your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and to tell another friend. We would also love to read from you. So please, do send us a tweet or leave a comment on Instagram at OriginsAF. You can also write to us at OriginsAfricaPodcast at gmail.com. Remember, do subscribe at wherever you get your podcast: Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, amongst others. Catch our one-to-one newsletter where we share with you one lesson, two quotes, and one question from each episode published. You find it at OriginsAfrica.substack.com. Origins Africa substack.com and of course if you like it please click the like button leave a comment share with a friend and don't forget to subscribe join us next time as we have a chat with bookie george taylor she's the founder and managing director of robert taylor media as well as the founder of my crawl app i'm oshaya and you've been listening to origins africa podcast bye for now Bitter roses You gotta put your way to the plan